now in in June we we had a, a couple of weeks off because uh, we had five Tuesdays in in May, so that always kind of throws things off. So we're glad to glad to be back on our uh, True Seekers first and third Tuesdays. And so if you're watching uh, online, we're glad that you've uh, joined us um, today. One of the things that we we always try to do is we always try to follow our principles and you know the things that we talk about are not always especially on our truth seekers night not always things that you typically talk about on a sunday morning or maybe even at church you know it's kind of like uh we we know those things are going on but they don't fit into the 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 church ministry however i think we need to expand our understanding of what falls under a biblical worldview um and one of the things that we uh, try to, to do, um, our, the second principle is that we are compelled to engage our society and leaders in defense of the truth against any evil ideology designed to sow chaos, division, and destruction. And so um, today, that's, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. Um, I would encourage you, if you have the opportunity and are bored for 35, 40 minutes, to listen to the sermon on Sunday, um, we kind of talked about um, kind of a continuation of what we're going to uh, discuss tonight, and that was the the LGBT agenda that we're seeing all around us. Um, you know, it's been there for a long time, but it, it it's heightened, right? Kind of like everything, because I believe we're in a open spiritual battle, and there's different ways that that manifests um, itself. And, and so we're going to, to discuss that a little bit today and, and, and today from a little bit different angle, um, because I know that there are many and, and Christians as well. It's a tough subject because the moment that you come out and you start talking about sexuality, people immediately think, oh, you're just uncomfortable with that. You're just bigoted towards people that are different than you. You know, why are you bringing this up? Just let people live the way they want to live, which I kind of agree with that to a certain point. However, it's changed, right? It's, it's, being, it's being forced in a, in a very interesting way. And so we're going to kind of look a different way that it's being forced uh, upon us um, tonight. And I wanted to start off again with this clip. Um, I think I've referenced it before. I don't think I've shown it. Um, this is a guy named Dennis Prager. Um, he is a very conservative um, and he's on the Bill Maher show. This is in 2019. So again, how fast things have changed. This is a good way to kind of uh, show how, how quickly uh, things have, <laughs> have changed. And, and so what he's talking about that leads up into this uh, clip, he's talking about the left, uh, and he's very careful. He distinguishes between left and liberal. He's like, no, this is the left is further out there. Um, and talking about the lies that they do, things that they believe that are just not not true. And so in his uh, discussion, he says, for example, the, the left, uh, there are many that believe men can menstruate. Right? So that's, this is in 2019, him saying this. I want you to look, if you don't know who Bill Maher is, he is a, a liberal host uh, for sure that loves, that kind of uses humor and likes to make fun of conservatives and things like that. Um, and so the other people there are also left. And look at their reaction 
to him saying something that now we hear all the time, right? And, and unfortunately, many people accept this fact. But look at their reaction, even in 2019. To say that men can menstruate is a lie. And that is now, that is what is said. Check it out. Anyone who says a man wait, cannot wait, menstruate wait, is considered transphobic. I, I, I missed this whole story. Yeah, you did. I did. I tell, did. tell me where, so where are you getting it. Just Google it. Can men menstruate? Who, who is saying this? You're who talking about saying a very small no, percentage. Oh, really? Dennis, I remember you in the old show. You were a little more reasonable. Uh, I, I just, I, what did I say that wasn't unreasonable? You, you, you said you that, that we think that men menstruate yes, and no yes. one does. We no, never no, no. Have you heard about it? Uh, I'm a doctor. I, I missed that one, I confess. I'm and this is one of the you premier are, reporters. Missing, I mean, he knows everything. The these, are, this, these, these people are very... He's yes. a doctor. Okay. doctor. He's one I of the great... I would make a friendly bet that, you, that the LGBTQ okay. normative statement is men okay. can menstruate. Now, again, that was in 2019. They thought he was crazy because that's a crazy statement, right? So the predominant liberal kind of a talk show, if you will, thought that that is insane. Well, we're, we're completely there, right? Um, and now if you want to be part of the, 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 the liberal-leaning uh, view in our uh, society, you agree with that statement now that four years ago it was just laughed at. And, and as I was thinking about that, and one of the challenges we're running into is that our society, our system of government, is not equipped to handle this divergent of moral truths. Um, John Adams, you've probably seen this before. He's talking about uh, um, differences between other countries. He's talking about morality. And at the end of it, he gets to this point that he says, this country will be the most miserable habitation in the world because we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. So he's saying, if we move away from morality, from religion, from God, we will be, be the most uh, miserable habitation in the world because our government's not capable of that. Avarice, ambition, revenge, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. Um, uh, and it says it is widely inadequate to the government of any other, um, are wholly inadequate to the government of any other. That's a scary statement when we now find ourselves in a place where the, the morals diverge as great as they are, right? And so now it's, it's an uncomfortable place for someone who is a small government guy, which by the way, all the founders were small government people, right? They, in fact, their fights were not, <laughs> they were not our fights. They were fights of, wait, is that, is the government too big with adding that, right? That, that's, they went from the Articles of Confederation to Constitution and, and those were the main fights. We want to make sure this government is too small. 
and they did recognize that this this isn't going to be able to handle it if people become immoral and completely detached from moral truth that's based on a biblical worldview. Well, we are there now, and now we're now it's tough, right? Because there's things that I'm wanting the government to do to to fight back against what I believe is clearly immoral, but by doing that, that means the government is going to become bigger, and I I don't I don't want that, right? So it's it's a tough place that we're in, but one thing that happens whenever you become immoral is not only do you start embracing things like this LGBTQ agenda, um, you also become very corrupt. Um, and the system begins begins to be used in very corrupt ways. And so you may ask yourself, as I have asked myself, how is it now that nearly without exception, any large corporation now participates somehow in Pride Month? Right? There, that there's there's different levels for sure, but how is that? How how did that all of a sudden happen? Um, and it's not a natural progression. There are things behind that. And again, whenever you become a country that is detached from morality, detached from uh, religion, systems begin to be used for corrupt means. And and one thing that's important for us to understand is we, we need to understand not only the spiritual aspect of this, but also of how, um, how that spiritual blindness is being used uh, to force people to accept this. So I want to show a clip. This is kind of went viral again. It actually is from 2017. And so we're going to get into a couple of things that are behind this. And um, this is an interview with a guy named Larry Fink. Um, he's uh, the CEO or whatever of BlackRock, which is a huge uh, investment company. And, and, and you know, I, this is beyond my purview, but I, I understand the basics, right? They take a lot of people money, right, and, and investment funds, and then they buy stock in other companies, right, to, so that then you can retire wealthy. <laughs> that's that's their, their point. However, he has a little bit different idea. And they control trillions of dollars. Right? And then they can invest that in other companies. Listen to his view of, of how they should use those investments. You, you now make a point of, that's, a, that's an investment criteria for you. Well, behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're, gonna, we're asking companies uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Uh, 54% of the incoming class are women. We, we added four more points in terms of diverse uh, employment this year. And it, if it, it, you know, what we are doing internally is if you don't achieve these levels of impact, it, your compensation could be impacted, okay? We're doing the same thing. And so it's just it, you have to force behaviors. And if you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted. And that's not just not recruiting. It is development, as Ken said. And ultimately, it's still going to take time. But I am just as much shocked as Ken is that we have not 
seeing more opportunities and we're going to have to force change. <laughs> that should be a little disturbing to you, right? Um, because again, our constitution is not equipped to handle that type of immorality. Now you can say, well, maybe he's going to force good behavior. So what's wrong with that? Well, whose definition of good behavior are you, are you getting into? And what's, what's interesting is this was in 2017, um, and it's only grown since then. Um, and, and now you, you may have heard, and it's, it's interesting, anytime the media says things are conspiracy theories, I, I used to believe that. Now I believe, oh, then that's just something that's true. <laughs> but the, over the last few years, you may have heard of ESG, um, and that was called a conspiracy theory. Uh, well, it's it's not. And what he was talking about are is how ESG works. ESG is basically a credit score um, that can be applied to uh, companies, or it can be applied to individuals as well. But right now, it's it's companies. And it is out there, and now these investment companies are looking at ESG scores for people who they're going to invest in. Does that make, make sense? So just like a credit score has certain criteria, they look at whether you've paid on time, you know, they look at your income and your outcome to give you a credit score. Well, that's what ESG is, except it's looking at a lot of different factors. I, I just Googled ESG and just hit images. It is amazing how many clips there are of companies that are showing this, right? Um, and, and they all have a little bit different definitions whenever it gets a little uh, narrows down. But overall, it's environmental, social governance. So they look at these uh, companies and they first look, okay, what's their environmental aspect of their ESG score? That is going to include climate change, emissions, waste management, that type of stuff, right? Um, this is how um, ExxonMobil, um, BlackRock was their largest, owned more with them than anybody else. They actually were able to flip two of the board of director seats on ExxonMobil. And ExxonMobil went from their kind of mission statement to, you know, produce, you know, as much uh, oil as we can um, to uh, be as environmentally friendly as, as we can. Why would they do that? Right? Well, it's this ESG score, right? And and then uh, the governance is you know gets to the board of directors, diversity on the board of directors. Not all of the stuff is bad. Right? That's that's usually how things are. Is there's decent stuff in there, but then there's some things that are really scary. Um, so so the governance of of the board. Uh, but what I want to focus on tonight is the social uh, aspect. Um, and so that's where you get uh, human capital, the employee relations, um, community impact. So how is that corporation impacting their community positively? So you may say, well, how do you come up with a score like that? Because that's, that's difficult, right? So what, what happens is somebody comes up with a, um, <laughs> with a metric that, and it, th this doesn't even have to be official. It just all of a sudden people start adopting it and it becomes kind of the rule, right? 
And so the metric that is being used for this, uh, the S is called this. It's the Corporate Equality Index. It is from the Human Rights Campaign uh, Foundation. The human, uh, human Rights Campaign Foundation has been around for a long time. Started off advocating for gay rights. It's the, one of the largest um, uh, advocacy groups out there. Now you go on their website, it is all about transgender stuff. And what they have done, they've created a CEI score. Um, and so there's just about, I think, every one of the Fortune 500 companies are on this. 2,000 corporations have not partnered with them, but basically said, here's our information, give us a score, because they'll give you a score anyway. Right? And, uh, and these scores represent, okay, how well are they handling issues that we care about? Right? And here are some of those issues. Um, this was in 2022. I, I want to just show some of the old, and here's what it's going to be. So you have transgender inclusive healthcare benefits. Uh, there's a, a total of like 100 points. By the way, Places like Target had a hundred points score. For that to happen, they're following all of these, right? And uh, and so transgender inclusive healthcare. So it just costs about healthcare um, that you provide uh, health insurance um, and things like that. This is interesting change in 2023. Um, now it includes puberty blockers for youth. You need to be including uh, that that's part of what your inclusive plan needs to have. It also you need to have five of the following essential services and treatments, hair removal, laser treatment, um, hair removal required for reconstructive surgery, facial feminization surgeries, voice modification uh, therapy. Um, (laughs) Do you see how quickly things are moving? And there's this is a, a outreach and engagement to the community, right? Specifically the LGBT com- community, including at least three of these. And so, I mean, we're not going to go through all of them, but basically, it's you have to have marketing and advertising directed to that community. You also have to have a- advertising that includes that community. Think of Bud Light. You think why? Would they be so stupid? Because they're they're following this, and <laughs> you can go down some dark rabbit holes as you <laughs> think about this pretty deep. But uh, this is the new criteria. It says now it's moved from three to five <laughs> of these. So you have to do all of this, uh, um, and and de- demonstrate the bottom one. Demonstrated public support. For the LGBTQ plus equality under the law, um, philanthropic support of at least one. Guess guess what's happened since all this stuff with Bud Light has blown up? They have given two hundred thousand dollars, I believe, to this group um, because they have to philanthropically support this movement as well in order to get the score where it needs to be. Um, this is just kind of a an, an overview. Um, trying to think of any of the um, the bottom uh, 
internal trainings and education best practices. So you wonder, why are all these companies all of a sudden making everyone go through these trainings and diversity trainings? That's what is being being pushed. This is for this year. <laughs> they they keep expanding, right? It just keeps it keeps gro- growing. Um, and then it says five distinct efforts of outreach or engagement to the broader LGBTQ uh, community, um, and it just goes on and on. Now, I I say you may say, well, what is how does that how do they really have any real power? Um, and they don't, except that people have given into it. So you have most of your large banks, everything like that, now look at the ESG score. Um, A lot of these companies, they may be fine in the big picture, but a lot use short loans for, uh, you know, for payroll or for we're doing a marketing campaign. We know it's not going to pay off right away, but we're going to take out this short loan. And we know, you know, well, what if, now you can't you lose access to that because your ESG score is not high enough. And so you just like, ah, we'll just we'll just give into it. Now we think about Target. Target, I just looked at their uh top um <laughs> the, the top shareholders in Target. Because you again you think, Target, why would you do that? Now I believe Target's a true believer. They they love this stuff. They, they would do it whether there was an ESG score. And that's important for us to understand. There's some companies that are, out, are actually being held hostage, um, which is, is a major issue. And then there's some that are doing it because they truly believe in it. I believe Target truly believes in it. However, if you look at their top shareholders, Vanguard, which is just like BlackRock, it's the Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street are the top three investment capital uh, groups. So they are within the top four. Those three have nine, seven and a half, seven and a half percent. Um, so 25% of the shares of Target are owned by those three people who follow closely the ESG, which uses the CEI to determine whether they're going to be uh, valuable or not. I did a quick look at Capital World Investors. Um, and uh, saw quite a bit of ESG stuff on them eventually. Bank of America, huge into that, uses ESG uh, score. Wells Fargo, also JP Morgan Chase, uh, also I'm assuming the others as well. So you may say, well, Target's doing things that are hurting its customers. No, it's not. <laughs> it's doing things to keep its score where it's supposed to be. Um, and in fact, now you're seeing backlash because they tried to change things and now they're being threatened. Their score is going to be lowered because they're not defending the LGBT community enough. And that's happening into Bud Light as well. Now, why even bring all of this up? One, I, I think it's important for us to know what really is happening, that this, this is a spiritual issue, but it's much bigger than that. This is corruption at the highest level. This is racketeering this is this is i mean you look how the the mob used to work this is this is how right you the mob goes and and uh you know uh, smashes out windows of the mom and pop store and then comes to the mom and pop store and says hey i think you need uh some some protection why don't you pay us for protection 
Right? And if they say no, the mob just keeps destroying them until they pay them for protection. Right? And then whenever someone questions it, it's like, oh, well, we're just paying, we're just protecting them. Well, <laughs> that, that's what's happening with this. And, and it's important to know that because one, we need to, to recognize what's going on. Um, two, this is illegal. The, these companies are being forced to not look after the interest of their shareholders, right? Um, and now I'm, I'm not a lawyer, um, but I, I'm sure there, there can be lawsuits and there probably will be. I know that there's starting to be some work on, on this. We need to be praying that it happens. We also need to be thinking, okay, we may not like the government to, to get too involved, but this is something the government should be getting involved in. Um, there are a lot of companies that are being held hostage um, and doing things that they don't necessarily believe in uh, because they feel like that's the only thing that they have to do. And it's easy to say, well, just stand up and do the right thing. But if you don't, you get bombarded, right? Um, and, and so it's an interesting situation. And I think it's important for us um, as, as Christians to recognize how corrupt things are getting. Um, and, and we do need to, to think about who are we voting for? What, are, what do they support? Um, do they recognize some of this? I can remember I asked a Texas state senator at a, a little gathering with Bastrop County conservatives. I asked him about uh, ESG and uh, he was like, oh, yeah, we, we don't allow that. You know, we, we protect our, our oil investments. Okay, well, good. But there's E, S, and a G, and it, it's coming hard and fast, and we're, we're behind the game. Um, and, then, and I think we need to be praying about this. We need to be supporting those who stand up. But just, again, recognize the spiritual battle doesn't just impact spiritual things. It infects a society, and it infects institutions. And our institutions, unfortunately, because... I, I don't think we're, let's see, what is that quote by uh, John Adams? It says, I don't think we're the most miserable habitation in the world yet, but, but we're kind of moving that direction. And we're, we're kind of exporting this stuff across the, the world, right? And, and he's right. Our constitution on its own isn't equipped to handle this um, because you know the social contract means you both agree to pay attention to to the constitution and there are many who who do not and so i encourage you to to think about this that the spiritual battle encompasses much more than than just what we talk about in church much more than just the culture war, wars it's it's institutional and eventually that can become very dangerous to what it does to the church as an institution um, you know, and we're, we're seeing, we're seeing a, a creep towards a very dangerous, uh, dangerous place. So I encourage you to continue to pray. And the good thing is if we know the problem, maybe we can do things to try to help stop the problem, right? And, and there still is that possibility, um, not only through spiritual revival, um, but through, uh, being active in, in our political process that hopefully will stand up. Uh, against some of these things that are are, are certainly 
go against the intentions of our founders uh, for sure and definitely go against a biblical worldview. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be here. If you'd like to join us on Tuesdays and uh, first and third Tuesdays, uh, we sit here and and talk about other things uh, after we're finished. And so you're always welcome to come and join us. So we'll see you next time.